We will uh, be there in just a moment. Appreciate those uh, songs that Steve has led us in this morning to uh, get our mind in the, the proper frame of mind, to think about our great and awesome and holy God, uh, to uh, think about how wonderful and glorious He is. Uh, whatever happened yesterday, for those of us who are sports fans, uh, if our team won or lost, as we sung in that song, God is the only one who remains undefeated. He is the one who is going to win in the end. And so uh, we praise him for that and we are grateful and thankful for him being who he is. As you think about the idea of wisdom, there are really two, I think, sources of wisdom that exist in our world today. There is a wisdom that uh, James in James chapter 3 describes as being from below, a wisdom that is of this world that really is focused and centered upon ourselves as people, and I think it comes from Satan himself. But there is also a wisdom that is from above. It is a wisdom that comes from God. And as we look into God's Word, we can certainly say that really all of God's Word contains wisdom, doesn't it? It is a book of wisdom that is from above. But in this book of wisdom, God has given us several specific books that are related to wisdom, and we call them books of wisdom, James being one from the New Testament and the book of Proverbs from the Old Testament. And what we're going to look at this morning is some things that are said to us in the book of Proverbs. It really is a collection of hundreds of, of short, pithy, uh, divinely inspired statements, some very um, memorable statements, if you will. I'm sure that we could recall some of those if we had to. But here in this book, God has given us wisdom for living a life that pleases Him. It's just a very practical book, I think, that all of us can relate to wherever we are on the spectrum of life, if we're young, if we're middle-aged, if we're older, if we're males or females, if we are Christians or not Christians, it's just a very practical book about how we are to live life. And so this morning, we want to look into that book and consider some Proverbs, especially for our families, for family life. And as we do that, specifically, we want to focus on Proverbs for three different family groups. We want to think about some Proverbs, some wisdom from God that we can apply to those of us who are men, those of us who are husbands and fathers. And then secondly, to those who are women and wives and mothers. And then thirdly and finally, to those in our audience this morning that are children. Uh, so we're not gonna be hitting everything, obviously here in the book of Proverbs that could relate to those three family groups. But I want us to just pull out a few things for us to think about in relations to our families that will hope, hopefully help us uh, as we uh, live in those relationships this week. As we speak, first of all, to those of us who are men and husbands and fathers, I want you to turn in your Bible, if it's open there, to the book of Proverbs. First of all, to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. And notice something that the wise man says here at verses 2 and 3. He says, a good man will obtain favor from the Lord, but he will condemn a man who devises evil. A man will not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will not be moved. This certainly could be a, 
a statement of wisdom that's applicable to all of us, wherever we are, men and women, parents and children, husbands and wives. But I want us to apply this specifically to those of us who are men. And so for those of us who are men, wherever we are in our life, whether we are single man, whether we are married man, whether we are married man with children, wherever we are, if we desire to be God's man, if we desire to be this good man that the wise man talks about here, a godly man, he says to us in these couple of verses that we must be men of righteousness. We must be men, he says, who have roots of righteousness, that our righteousness is not just surface, it's not just skin deep, but we must be men who are digging deep into the Word of God. We must be men who are allowing God's righteousness and God's wisdom as we find it revealed to us in Scripture to direct our steps, to guide our lives, whatever we are doing in life, to guide our lives at home, to guide our lives at work, to guide our lives when we're in public, to guide our lives when we are in private, when no one else knows what we are doing. We need to be men who are trying to have a firm foundation. And as he says here again, the root of righteousness at the end of verse 3 will not be moved. We need to be men who are solid, men who are stable, uh, spiritually speaking. Over into chapter 16, notice what the wise man says to us at verse 20. Proverbs 16 and verse 20. He says that he who gives attention to the word will find good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. I think this could be applicable again to all of us and to all of us who are men, but especially to those of us who are husbands and fathers. The, the idea here is the wise man is telling us that we must be men who are trusting in God. We must be men who are giving our attention to the word of God. We must be focusing upon God's word in our life. And not just so that we can lay down roots of righteousness, as we talked about just a minute ago from chapter 12, but especially if we are men who are husbands and fathers, we have been given the unique role and work of not just leading ourselves and, and looking out for ourselves, if you will, spiritually, but we have been given the unique work of leading our families in the way of God. And if we as men, if we as husbands and fathers are not giving attention to God's word, if we are not concerned about being a righteous, godly, good man ourselves, our families are going to see that. Our wives are not going to be led in the direction that God wants them to go. Our children are not going to grow up in the admonition and instruction of the Lord. And so we not only are thinking about our own selves spiritually, and trying to help ourselves grow, but we have been given the task of helping our families grow. And we can do that by looking to the wisdom that is found in God's Word. Over in chapter 18, at verse 22, this is a bit of wisdom that is specifically addressed to men who are husbands. He says to us in Proverbs 18 and verse 22 that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. We may have some men here who are single that are not married. And if that is you, but you desire to be married, I would just ask you this question as you think about the wisdom that is given here in this verse. You know, what, what kind of woman are you looking for to spend the rest of your life with? Uh, Solomon, the wise man here, is saying, 
that you really need to be looking for a godly woman to be your wife. Uh, One who is going to help you spiritually as you are leading her in the ways of God that she is helping you in the work that you are doing. But for those of us who are married, which I assume is most of us who are men in the audience this morning, I think there is something of value for us to learn here from Proverbs 18 and verse 22, and that's this, that however long or short we have been married, we need to make sure that we are appreciating our wives. The wise man says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and he obtains favor from the Lord. Do we realize how blessed we are? It can be very easy for us as husbands and wives, as spouses, especially the longer that we've been married, to kind of take each other for granted and uh, to uh, not treat each other in the way that we should, not to appreciate each other, not to love each other as we should. But the wise man is reminding us here, if we have found a wife and a good wife that is helping us to be the man that God has called us to be, we need to realize that's a good thing for us. And we need to realize that we have obtained the favor, the grace of God in our lives, that this is a blessing, a gift that God has given to us. And we've obtained God's favor in this very unique way. Maybe we need to, men, husbands, <laughs> look at ourselves and re-examine uh, how we treat our wives, how we think about our wives from time to time. Over into chapter 13 and verse 24, notice what uh, the wise man says to us here as we think about a few Uh, bits of wisdom for us as fathers in relation to our children. He says that he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Fathers, we need to ask ourselves the question, whose wisdom are we seeking as we're disciplining our children? And hopefully we are disciplining our children. That word discipline is, I think has kind of gotten a bad rap in our culture, (laughs) We think about it only maybe from the negative side, about corrective or punitive discipline, and certainly that is involved there. But the idea of discipline, that word is just used in Scripture, and especially in the book of Proverbs, is really talking to us about training. It is Ephesians 6 and verse 4 that we as fathers have been given the specific charge to bring up our children in the nurture and the admonition, the training and the instruction of God, that we are training our children. That has both a positive and a negative side to it, that we are training them, we're teaching them, we're modeling for them as their dad, as their father. We're teaching them by our example, God's way, but we're also teaching them by our words and by our attitude. And so fathers, whose wisdom are we seeking when we discipline our children? Are we looking to what the world says? about how we need to discipline or maybe not discipline our children? Or are we looking to God's word and see what God says here? Related to that over in chapter 19 and verse 18, the wise man goes on to say this. He says, discipline your son while there is hope and do not desire his death. I know that at least for myself, I mean, it's still the case, but especially when our, when our children were younger and uh, having to discipline our children uh, to punish them in some way for something that they had done wrong or something they had, had failed to do, uh, for me anyway, it was one of, the, one of the most difficult things I think that God had called me to do as a father. And it wasn't always pleasant. I can remember 
uh, my dad when I was very young, you know, uh, giving me a, a spanking or a whipping or whatever you want, however you want to describe it, and saying to me that this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> and I was thinking, no, you, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but as a father, I know exactly what he was trying to say because it does, if you really love your children, and if you're not just punishing them because you're trying to be mean, because you're angry, maybe not even at your child, but just because you've had a bad day and you're trying to take it out on your child, that's not the kind of discipline that God is talking about in His Word. He is talking about us, again, training and teaching and molding and shaping our children so that they can walk in the way of God. And if we are doing that out of love for their soul, uh, it will hurt us. And so the wisdom here of Proverbs 19 and verse 18, I think, is, as he says, discipline your son while there is hope. It is for those of us who are fathers, dads, Let's not wait too long to discipline our children. Sometimes it can be easy for us to say, well, you know, this child is just one. <laughs> this child's just three. This child's just five. We need to start early, and we need to be as consistent as we can about that. For me, that's, that's one of the most difficult things as well, to be consistent in that. But this is the wisdom that God is telling us here uh, in his word in the book of Proverbs. Over in chapter 23, uh, also related to this, at verse 13, the wise man says, Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. You shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. Fathers, again, it, it can hurt for us to administer discipline, especially that is punitive, that is corrective, that is of a physical nature to our children. But the wise man is reminding us here, if we don't do that, again, not just that we're lashing out in anger against them, but because we're trying to teach them, we're trying to instruct them, we're trying to lead them in God's way, it's going to hurt them far worse if we don't do that. Because we're trying to save our, soul's child, or our, our child's soul from death. Chapter 29, and this is the last proverb or bit of wisdom that we'll look at for those of us who are men, husbands, and fathers. In verse 15 beginning, the wise man says, Here the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son and he will give you comfort. He will also delight your soul. To those of us again who are fathers, the wise man says, Notice here, as we looked at a couple of uh, bits of wisdom already that talk about using the rod on our children, but he says here, the rod and reproof give wisdom or give discipline to our children. It is both the rod and reproof. It is both sometimes the, the need for corrective, uh, punitive uh, punishment for our children but that we don't just do that, that we talk to them, that we try to explain, we try to communicate to them. And I know that can be very challenging, especially when our children are very young. And sometimes we may think they're, they're not really understanding. Maybe they don't get it, but uh, we try as best we can as fathers to, to be on their level, to relate to them, but to talk to them, to communicate to them why they just got sent to their room, why they just got a spanking, what, whatever the punishment is, why they got a toy taken away and try to communicate to them this is not just something that dad is saying, 
This is something that God is saying. This is how God wants you to be. And the wise man tells us here in this passage that if we correct our son at verse 17, he will give you comfort. He will also delight your soul. (laughs) And that to me seems to be the blessing for those of us who are parents and especially fathers that in years to come, our children will turn out to be godly children. They will turn out to be God's children. And they will be a great blessing to us later on in life. Some wisdom to those who are women and wives and mothers this morning. Uh, Back in chapter 11, Proverbs 11 and verse 22. Uh, This is kind of, you know, one of those uh, Proverbs that we read and we kind of uh, laugh a little bit (laughs) just because of the absurdity of the picture that the wise man's painting for us. But he says, as a ring of gold and a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. To me, I believe the wise man is trying to get women to see here, where is the emphasis of your life? What are you most concerned about? Are you most concerned about how you look on the outside? Are you most concerned about how you look on the inside? And certainly there is nothing wrong with women being concerned about being physically attractive, about looking Uh, their best on the outside, like all of us should be. I think if we are children of God, we shouldn't be people who are just dressing sloppily, people who don't care about, you know, our physical appearance because we have been made in the image of God. But, But I believe the wise man is calling to our attention, and especially as he says here to those who are women, to think about what, what is the priority in your life? Are you more concerned about how you look inwardly or how you look outwardly? He says again here, a ring of gold, just like a ring of gold in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. She may look very good and attractive and appealing on the outside, but on the inside, she doesn't have the character that pleases God. It's just like putting a ring of gold on a pig. You know, you can't make, you can only make a pig look so good, I guess, is the idea. Uh, Something maybe even that doesn't really fit, a a ring of gold in a pig's snout. The, The world in which we live, and it's not just for 21st century America, I think it's been this way as the wise man was writing this here and for a long time. But our world is shouting to us, and especially to those who are females, that Outward beauty is, is all there really is to life. Outward beauty is, is who, what defines you. If you are a beautiful woman out, on the outside, that you are successful, that uh, you have arrived, you have achieved something in life. But God's wisdom is saying to us that inward beauty is really what is most important. That is what God is looking for. And as we've already talked to those of us who are men, uh, and maybe single men, you know, if you can find a woman that's physically attractive on the outside and a woman who is attractive on the inside, I mean, you've hit a home run. And those of us who are men who have wives who are beautiful outwardly and inwardly, again, we ought to thank God for that. We ought to realize that that is a gift, a blessing, that we have obtained God's favor, as we've already spoken about this morning. But, but I think this is a, a real temptation for all of us, but especially for women in the time in which we live, to just focus only on the outward and not focus on the inward. Here in chapter 12 at verse 4, uh, some wisdom, especially for women who are wives. 
He says, an excellent wife is a crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. For you who are wives, just like we ask for those of us who are husbands, what kind of wife are you? Are you trying to be an excellent wife? Are you trying to be a wife who is pleasing to the Lord, a wife who is trying to fulfill the role and the work that God has given you? Are you your husband's crown? Or are you your husband's shame? Are you as a wife a source of strength to your husband? Are you someone who is kind of pulling your husband down or keeping your husband back from being all that God wants him to be? An excellent wife, again, is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. You can think about having rotten bones as being a disease, a sickness, something that's kind of eating you from the inside out. And so wives, ask yourself that question, what kind of wife are you being? As we just read here a moment ago from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, to think about this bit of wisdom from the wise perspective. Again, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So I think the wise man is, is encouraging wives here to, again, be the kind of woman that your man needs, one who is encouraging him in the role and the work that God has given him uh, to be a spiritual head for you, to honor him in that work, to follow his lead, to help him be all that God intends for him to be to help him to live in a way that he can truly receive God's favor. Yes, there is a responsibility, as we've already talked about this morning, for those of us who are men. And we have to make the decisions that, decision that we're going to be a godly man, that we are going to lay down those roots of righteousness and they're going to keep us firmly where God wants us to be. But God has given us as men, as husbands, our wives to help us. In doing that. So, wives, are you helping your husband to be that kind of man? In Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 1, the wise man very simply here says, but I think very powerfully, that the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. I, I think this wisdom again could apply to men and women, that certainly uh, husbands and fathers, we can build our houses, and we ought to be building our houses on the Word of God, building our families, we can also tear it down. But perhaps Solomon the wise man is thinking about uh, the power that mothers have in the family. And so mothers, are you building your house God's way? Are you living your life according to God's wisdom? Maybe your husband is, but are you? And are you trying to help your children to go in God's way, or are you tearing it down by just following the world's wisdom? We, we remember, I think, in all of this, I think it's just summed up beautifully, all of, this, uh, all of these pieces of wisdom that are given uh, to women and especially to wives and mothers over in chapter 31. And uh, we're not going to take the time to read all of this, but just at the beginning and at the end, here in chapter 31 and verse 10, uh, says that an excellent wife who can find... For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. So you see the, the beautiful relationship that exists here in this marriage between the husband and wife. And because they are on the same page, because they are truly working together as a team, because she 
is uh, praising him and encouraging him and not running him down either in public or private. And because she is doing him good and not evil, uh, that it will be a benefit and a blessing to her. But also you see the reciprocal of that with her husband that he just trusts her implicitly. And I think you see that trust here in this beautiful picture of this worthy woman that she is you know, given uh, a, a lot of trust, a lot of leeway to do the work that God has called her to do, to care for her family, to care for those that she knows that are in physical need outside of her family, to just be a good godly woman. And here is the blessing of that when we come down to verse 28. The wise man says that her children rise up and pray, bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Notice here he says at verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. That's kind of where we started. He doesn't say beauty is wrong. He doesn't say outward beauty is sinful. But he says you just need to realize that's something that is here today and gone tomorrow. That's something that is fleeting. That's something that's temporary. That's not going to last. But here is what lasts, a woman who fears the Lord. And so you see this woman living as an excellent wife, an excellent woman. And she is blessed because of the life that she is living. But her husband is blessed. Her family is blessed. Her community is blessed because of the decision that she has made to live a life that is a life of fearing God. Finally, very quickly to children. Uh, chapter 10 and verse 1. Some of these are going to be kind of the same bits of wisdom here. The proverb of Solomon, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Even young children, if they are able to understand anything at all, need to realize uh, that the choices that they make in life, especially as they grow older, can make or break their parents' hearts. And I think you really don't understand that until you become a parent. But you as a parent, if we are trying to live as godly parents, we want our children to grow up to follow God. We want them to choose the way of righteousness. We want them to lay down roots of righteousness within their lives. We want them to walk in the right way. We don't want them when they grow up and leave our house to choose to live according to the world's wisdom. We want them to choose to live according to God's wisdom. Here in verse 5 of this chapter uh, the wise man goes on to say, He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. For children, do you want to be a wise son or daughter? Then the wise man is saying here, work hard. Be productive with the time and the abilities and opportunities that God has given to you. I think it is a real temptation for us today because we, many of us have uh, so many luxuries at our disposal and some of us have some free time on our hands that we can just sit down and be lazy people. And that certainly is true for children. And sometimes the younger generation, especially now, gets a bad rap about that. Some of that, I think, is deserved. Some of it is not. But the wise man is encouraging young people here, live your life. Use the blessings and opportunities that God is giving you now uh, to grow close to him. Uh, finally, very quickly from chapter 13 and verse 1, a wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And then chapter 15 and verse 5, 
A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is sensible. I, I know, you know, as a, as a child living at home that you think your parents don't know very much. <laughs> and somewhere along the way, if, if you do grow up and mature, you reach the point where you find out, hey, my parents really knew a lot, you know, if they're trying to be good parents. But children, you need to realize if your parents are trying to be godly parents, listen to them. Follow their godly counsel. You may not really appreciate that now, but I'm here to tell you that one day you will be very thankful for all the hard work that they put into you, for all the time and energy and money and effort that they invested in your life. We don't have the time to look at all of these texts. You can write them down and, and look at them again if you want to, but kind of impressive to me how the book of Proverbs begins that Solomon is writing many of his early Proverbs to his son, and he is just urging his son over and over again, listen to what me and your mom taught you. Not because it's from me and your mom, but because hopefully the counsel that they had given to their son was from God himself. Well, Proverbs contains a lot of divine wisdom for our lives. And I'm wanting us to think this morning and to think this week about this wisdom and other wisdom that can be applicable to our families. So let's uh, not just leave this wisdom here at the church building when we leave in a couple of hours, but let's continue to think about it. Let's continue to meditate it upon it. And let's look for ways that we can put it into practice in our life. I think we're a minute or two over, but uh, Stephen started a minute or two late this morning. So <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Let's be dismissed to our classes.